Hey guys, Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. On this week's show, Bon Appetit Food Director Carla Lolly Music sits down with Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Uh, Deb is one of the, I guess you could say, OG food bloggers out there. She launched Smitten Kitchen back in 2003. Uh, and at the time, I guess us, us old magazine folks were like, oh wow, you could launch a blog and take all your own food photography and it looks really good and, and the recipes work and wow, this is this is kind of cool. Uh, and she's kept at it uh, and she's been wildly successful ever since. Uh, and she's still a one-woman show, testing and developing all her own recipes, shooting them, also put out a cookbook and now she's putting out a second cookbook. It's called Smitten Kitchen Every Day, and Carla talks to Deb about the book tour, recipe developing, and so much more. All right, let's do this thing. Here's Carla and Deb. When you're out in the world, how much bothering goes on? None. Really? I don't I'm like a short brunette in New York City. I do not <laughs> think I stand out at you all. You blend in. <laughs> I feel like nowadays if I'm with my daughter, though, because mm-hmm. I have, I mean, she's very Instagrammable. She's got curly red hair. So I feel like sometimes people are like, wait a second. And they put they like the recognize together. The they see brown haired boy and curly red hair. So that might happen. But it's not a lot. It's very little. Also, I don't go out much. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I work from home. I'm a blogger. You know, we are like tied to our laptops all That's day. That's right. <laughs> you but you are here. You live in New York City. You go out. You're obviously procuring food, right? Mm-hmm. I just think that you would be one of those people who you're, you know, as you're picking out your produce, someone's going to be like, oh, she'll know what to do. I feel like it just doesn't happen that much. And it might just be that I go to like a completely no name grocery store and um, like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It happens like once in a while or somebody will be like, I saw you crossing Third Avenue this morning and I didn't want to say it. And they'll like tweet it. I'm like, well, say hi. Right. Because that's weird. weirder than not saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like, like, what was I doing? Was I picking my nose? Like, what was <laughs> I doing? We'll find out. You have to be careful. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like Instagram and Instagram stories really changes all of that. <laughs> You know, for a person who mostly takes pictures of food, then all of a sudden you're like real, your real life is in there and your kids are in there. And mm-hmm. yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, and I feel like people really like when you do demos where you're talking to the phone and I'm like, why would you see me talking to the phone? But um, so I try to get comfortable with it sometimes, but I'm generally like pretty yeah. awkward. So um, it's not my natural state. I think it's endearing. It's got to be. People <laughs> well, are happy. We'll, we'll try to angle it so right. it's like that. We're going to try to workshop it so it's endearing. But um, yeah, but I, I do. It is really fun. I, I do like like the book touring and like yeah. getting in front of people and doing events. Like that stuff I really love. But that I kind of like know what I'm there for. Yeah. I'm a little more awkward when I'm like don't like know. Well, let's talk about the me. book tour because <laughs> this is like a pretty, this is a big deal. Your book <laughs> is out. So the book is out and um. And I'm just going to start touring right away. We're going to do a launch in New York and then um, going to just take off. I know. I saw the book <laughs> dates. It was like, is this a U2 concert tour? <laughs> like, what is – you're going to a lot of cities. It's really crazy what happened. So last – the last book – um, I went to maybe like 16, which sounds like a really big number, but it's like one just leads into the other. It's not. And then people are like, are you never home? And I'm like, no, I'm home every couple of days. Like I'll go away for a night right. then I'm home the next night. Like, right. And then in, often I'm usually not, I'm not like, oh, let's go see downtown Los Angeles. I'm generally like, I'll go you in and I'll go event. out mm-hmm. and get home because I've got a family and I'll save the sightseeing for when I have time. Um, but um, so last time I did, a like we did, 
the book came out about a week later, and so I probably toured right through the first week of December. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot more cities that we wanted to hit, but it was already December, so it was just too much. So we added a bunch of dates in February, March. This time we're just doing it all in That's one. That's what it looked like, so it starting in October, and crazy. yeah, it looks a little crazy. And you're even going to Canada. I know the. Canadians are the nicest people. They really I are. I feel like to generalize like that is probably like no, but I've um I had probably only been to Toronto once ever before um I wrote a book and now I've been there a bunch of times for different things and mm-hmm. it is the nicest place on earth. It is truly New York City of the North, but it's like more polite. And when um, you're traveling, do you is it do you miss cooking? Do you eat out? Do you stay? Do you order in? Like how much of a change in your normal routine is it? And and is it is it fun? Like do you are you doing research and going to other grocery stores in other cities and just seeing what's there? Or is it like I'm here for a reason and I have to do my thing and rest? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. I would say like when I'm on vacation, I love going to grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Like I want to go to a grocery store and I want to like like what are you going to do with those beans tonight? Like yeah. I want to hear. I'm always picking people's brains and making them feel uncomfortable. Um, cool, but like um, it. it's kind of my thing. Um, but um, when I'm when I'm book touring, it's a little bit harder because often the event is right in the evening, which is sort of right when you know you probably want to have a little downtime right before, or maybe right. you're doing like a little wine and cheese kind of thing, and then you're doing the thing, and it often goes late, and you're often not actually able to get good food and then room service depending on where you're staying is pretty depressing so I remember I would just skip meals a lot last you night, did which sounds terrible I wasn't suffering I just meant that like I just didn't want to order like a sad right um so a friend told me that what I was doing wrong is I was ordering salads like when you order room service at 11 p.m you yeah. get a burger and fries like, oh yeah so, like what are you even doing with these my salads? standard um room service order is buffalo wings with blue okay. cheese dressing and a caesar Okay. Awesome. See, this is why I mean, this is really important. You've like changed my life. And that actually. And I sit at the foot of the bed, you uh-huh. know, with like things you never do at home. Yeah. Sit at the foot of the bed with like chicken wings. Really? That it's sounds awesome. crazy. Well, I only can't do that at home because I have kids. I'd probably do it without kids. Right. But <laughs> Next That's time. Great. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to send you a picture of me eating buffalo okay. wings at midnight. <laughs> and then your, you know, the, the, your blog or the site turns into more how do you like keep that filled with content that's about what people are expecting, you know, when you're away? So I'm really, um, I'm really strict with content where I really only post on the site what you've always come to the site for. I'm not going to turn it into a travel blog. It's just not what I did last time. I feel like it's such a small amount of people that you reach on book tour and why bore other people with the details of your travel. But I actually love like Instagram stories yeah, for that now because totally. I think it's a really fun place to share the one-off stuff, but you're not missing anything major. Right. Um, ideally, what would happen is that I would make sure I've got a few recipes to spare. I've got a couple. Um, I'd like to have more. I'm thinking of all the things I want to cook this fall that I haven't gotten to yet, so we'll see. Um, what are some of those things? Oh, my God. I don't know why, but I'm, like, not into sweet carrot preparations, but a friend of mine shared this recipe for a um, oh, um, the blog is called A Thought for Food and these brown butter roasted carrots. Mm. And I don't know why, but I, I need them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think <laughs> I think I feel like they'd be really nice fall Thanksgiving-ish. Totally. 
Um, so that's just a small thing, but I just feel like that combination, I kind of want to do like some hazelnuts, yeah. maybe some like vinegar plump currants. Like mm. I actually feel like to play Sweet up the sour. sweetness would be yeah. really nice. Spices would be good with that too. I feel like I could, by the way, do this all day. Like my, <laughs> I'm like, I have so many things. I yeah. Wanna I want to know. I have so many plans. Um, I just messed around a couple nights ago with this sort of, um, chopped runny egg salad mm. um it's a little bit of a riff of something i saw in the first simple fair cookbook um mm-hmm. from karen mordecai um but it's just you basically take your seven minute eggs and you chop them up with butter um Yo. she uses okay. pecorino and lemon zest but i kind of want to do this like mustardy butter thing dijon butter shallots i don't know and then you heap it on toast i put a bed of spinach underneath so i can call it dinner sure you know um and so now I can, it's like, a salad it now it's yeah. basically a salad <laughs> basically it's good for you yeah um it's sort it was sort of fun though i want to play around with it some more i'm still figuring out what i want to do And do you with chop it. them up while they're still warm so the yes. butter kind of like emul- like Almost melts into saucy. the sauce that i just wanted delish. like a little more zing in there um, I'm trying to figure it out. So yeah, you peel them when they're warm, just as soon as you can. And it's fun. People always say like, how do you peel a warm egg? But I actually find the soft boiled wa- eggs are easier to peel. Mm-hmm. They come, they don't like glue themselves to the shell. The I same agree. Way. I totally agree. And when you make your seven minute egg, um, which the jammy egg or the mm-hmm. ramen egg, do you start in cold water or do you put it into boiling? I put it into boiling yeah, water. That's what but we my hard boiled method is you start with cold water. Exactly. And I know there are easier ones, but that's the way my mom did it. Yeah. That's the way I do it. And it's always worked. And so I just don't want to mess with it. But it is sort of annoying to watch for the point where it's going to start boiling. Yeah. Um, that's not a very logical way to cook. I know. Like, when does a hard simmer turn into a boil? Oh, and the other thing I'm dying to make is um, because, like everybody, I did too much apple picking, and now we're drowning in apples. And um, except for the bite, my little daughter took out of each of oh, the ones nice. on top. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> she did like the Ramona Quimby thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I want to make a Dutch apple pie. Mm. Uh, my next door, our, one of our neighbors, and my son's best friend's mom is Dutch, and she promised she'll show me how to what do it. it. When like, you said Dutch apple pie, I just thought. Dutch baby apples. No, it's interesting because this is one of these things that like fascinates me because I feel like when you look at, this isn't exclusively, but in general, if you look at an American recipe site and you look for a Dutch apple pie, it's usually a very deep dish apple pie with Mm -hmm. crumbs on them. But the actual like Holland one is, um, it's actually like a more buttery, almost like a cookie crust. It's got sugar in it Mm -hmm. and I'm, I haven't gotten a read on whether there's baking powder in it or not, but sometimes people use a little bit, and there's an egg in it. And then there's a little bit less sugar in the pie, um, but there's always cinnamon, it's and there's a really always short plum. crust. It's a really short crust, and it's done in a spring form, and it always has a lattice top. And I haven't seen oh anyone. A couple of them, I, so I watch these videos in a language that I don't understand, which sure. is my favorite way That's to learn video. recipe. Yep. I <laughs> love it. Um, and some of the, most of them are just p- pressing it into the sides of the pan and just really like, and it always comes out beautiful. It's always brushed with an egg on top, and it gets really glossy and gorgeous and I it's like I just want to make it amazing yeah you're also (laughs) one of those rare specimens of of cooks who are as excellent as savory at savory food as you are with baking you know it's usually people have an affinity for one or the other Mm -hmm. or you know want to bake more but really their thing is savory did you start with one and then grow in the other direction or was it just like it's all the same for you 
I probably did more baking as a kid. I feel like most kids remember making cupcakes more than they make remember making spaghetti sauce. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's exceptions, but in general, you know, cooking was something mom took care of, and brownies were something like, "Mom, can we make brownies tonight?" Or, gotcha. "Can I make this ridiculous rainbow cake I want to make from the Duncan Hines box mix?" Um, anyway, <laughs> so. Um, probably more sweet but on my own it was really the call to cooking for me came from realizing that I had very little idea how to make dinner like I don't I don't know how to roast a chicken wow. I don't know like I feel like a lot of us get to adulthood and we're like no I mean I know how my mom did it but like in terms if you're kind of a perfectionist mm-hmm. and you want like the best roast chicken where do you start you right. know and um like meatballs or spaghetti sauce from canned tomatoes like all those things were I just started like looking at recipes and then I wasn't happy with them and then tweaking a little bit or I liked this part from this recipe and this part. So I needed to bring it together somewhere and that was where the website happens. Right. And that's kind of an amazing thing because I think there's, again, two, two kinds of cooks. There are cooks who love to follow the recipe, follow it by the letter, want that reassurance, the reliability. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't come out, it's like, it's a bad recipe. I'm not making that again. Zero and, stars. You know? Yeah, exactly. So and then <laughs> then there are people who, you know, I mean, my, personally, I, I, the only recipes I really actually cook are Bon Appetit recipes. Everything else to me is like getting an idea, looking at something, ingredients, reading the method. That sounds cool. And then patching it together. Um, but you, it sounds like you were, you know, from the very beginning, very confident about doing this. I wasn't as confident as I was picky. Mm-hmm. I'm so picky. I don't like anything. That's the secret when you cook. Nobody really finds out that you're like, I don't actually like this that much. And I don't. Right. So just trying to tweak it, like come at it from a person who doesn't necessarily love like tomato sauce from canned tomatoes and then figuring out what would be a special thing to do with it. But and um, that required I, like a lot of different sources and, you know, what. From the and your blog started like eleven years ago or eleven years ago. My blog makes me look old. (laughs) That's awesome because I think that's amazing. So you have this entire sort of background, and there's been I think a real evolution in food media, in recipe sources, and videos, and social media. Like so many places to get recipes. Do you feel like that? is an aid to home cooks that there are so many sources or do you did you take a simpler approach and start with with cookbooks and maybe trusted publications I mostly started with trusted sources I mean there's always been you know even in the early web you know there were always like people cutting and pasting random recipes they found in right like a church cookbook or god knows where like you know and you don't really know where it came from so I often started with Epicurious or Joy of Cooking or you know some reliable source where I'd ask around and I whenever somebody says I love like when somebody has like a little sidebar where they're like oh and by the way I love this recipe from so and so so much I'm like that's what I write down I really want to hear people's secret favorites and then I start there but it generally either a person um, has vouched for it or it's from a source that has pretty airtight recipes I too do not like to waste my time in the kitchen right. and I'll, I'll start there and then you know often it's sometimes it's perfect as is but sometimes I really wanted to do something else with it and it gave me maybe a foundation a proportion mm-hmm. of rice to chicken to broth that kind of can from there I can build the recipe that I wanted um, because then I can be picky how much do you tweak your own recipes now before you put them on the blog 
Hmm, it really depends. I would say, like, for the book, it's a very, it's a much more, because I'm trying to push myself more usually with book recipes. I'm trying to get some of those, like, demon recipes mm. right that I've been trying to get right for 10 years. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense to spend a few weeks getting one recipe right for a website. Sure. But right. there was, it was sort of like I really just wanted to get some of these, like. Ooh, what's a demon recipe? Oh, my God. There is this yeasted sour cream crumb cake in the book that I cannot even like even for the book alone and I tried to put it in my first book and I just gave up I was so frustrated but even this one I probably went 19 rounds with it wow which is crazy considering it didn't taste bad in the first one right <laughs> I want I worked at a bakery in high school and um they always did these upside down crumb cakes they just took probably old streusel they German owners streusel I'm just gonna say it wrong I'm saying it's like streusel or mm -hmm. anyway let's just that didn't happen <laughs> anyway <laughs> fine so they they would fill the pan with crumbs and they would probably just pour like maybe even like leftover donut batter over it or whatever bake it like that flip it over now all of your crumbs are glued on right and they would just shower it with powdered sugar and oh it was my God. just I was like what a smart way to do it and I've tried to recreate it so many times um with the flavors that I wanted and the crumbs that I wanted and it was just um well, if you're using fresh crumbs, they're going to get squashed. Right, right. And it was trying to figure out how much squash was worth living with and how much, like, if you were to pre-bake the crumbs mm. so they didn't squash, you ended up with these, like, hard rocks. And mm. I ended up deciding that squash is fine because oh. it tastes amazing. Right. You do not, like, it doesn't, it looks, it's crumbly, but it gets a little... It gets a little flat right. top thing. And we, I, I totally relate to um, that part of the process because in the in the Bon Appetit test kitchen, we're we're constantly tweaking. And actually, I'm I'm constantly there tweaking somebody else's recipe, mm -hmm. who then has to keep tweaking their recipe. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some recipes that we are really into. We really want to make it happen. We'll do it two or three times, and you can sometimes get to a point where. You're just not in love with it. Like, it's not getting better. Mm -hmm. And to put in the amount of time that would be necessary to make it mm -hmm. something that we're very excited about, you just have to sort of go, let's cut our losses and, and, and move on. Yeah, we just went through this with a baked Alaska that I feel like I might have already talked about. Um, but Claire Saffitz, we were so excited about it. Claire was going to do it. It was going to so be in the, yeah, in the in the holiday issue. Like, what a fun showstopper dessert. What mm -hmm. a fun time. It's so retro. It's like, great. And she made it two or three or four times. And she sat down. She was like, I'm having baked Alaska problem. And I was like, let's talk it out. She was like, I'm just not feeling it. Like, I don't. I've simplified it, but I still want it to be awesome. But every time I make it, I'm like annoyed by it and I would never make it at home and I was like Claire if you if you're never going to make this thing then we can't tell anybody else to do it either oh my goodness so let's just like move move on and it's kind of you know you kind of get that monkey off your back a little bit and then in the end she did monkey bread no but I do this all the time I mean people are like what happens when a recipe doesn't work yeah what do you do do you go back to it the next day I'm like no I usually just walk away and then one day I'll be like at a restaurant or staring out the window on the train and I'll just be like oh I, I, I should try that approach, and that's when things start connecting, and then right. I pull it off the shelf, and then I'm like, I just needed a little time and space with it, you right. know. And um, sometimes that space is ten years. Yeah, you just and never know. Sometimes it just takes like yes, yeah, um, because I, I have. I remember when I did a baked Alaska. One of the things was like, I mean, are we going to do this with homemade ice cream? That's a lot of that's a lot of steps. Yeah. And then the store bought, you can get pretty good quality, but it might taste really 
basic. Mm-hmm. I did go with store bought. You did. It wasn't basic. Yeah, we were going to do store bought too. Set, but I have an idea. Okay, mm-hmm. thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, have. the monkey bread ended up being like great, you know, and, and it was people love monkey people bread, lo- and we had never done one, and it was kind of like that. But it sounds to me like you're a gut driven. You have a gut driven approach to this as opposed to like a data driven, which Absolutely. is another thing that we, you know, is part of our world here mm-hmm. developing recipes where there's things we don't have that people want, like monkey bread or mm-hmm. slow cooker. Like it oh, just I hasn't know. been a thing. You, you recently got an Instant Pot. I did. Actually, did, I hid it for like two months and then it like kind of showed up in the background of an Instagram. And did people freak? Freak out. People freaked out. But um, so I've been trying to play around with it. I mean, I... um. And was that driven by curiosity? They were out there. Everybody was talking about it. I mean, there's very few innovations, I feel like, mm-hmm. at this point, like besides sous vide and having um you know mechanized food processors and stuff like that like what has really changed our home cooking life i feel like this could be one of those and it seems like it's one i'm not sure it's for everyone and i'm not even positive it's for me all the time but i'm trying to figure out what it's good at right and for example i was thinking about making um, cause it's like finally a little crisp and yeah. cool out. I was thinking about making chicken noodle soup tonight, but mm-hmm. I want to make the longer cooked one from the book, the grandma style one. I'm like, I, I should try to put that in the Instant Pot and see if I could do it in two hours. That kind of thing. Where, right. Um, so you have I, a pressure, are you a pressure cooker or a slow cooker this person? Is like, so or I this got was... a slow cooker a bunch of years ago. Like somebody sent it to me like unsolicited as a wedding present. And, um, this is many years ago, <laughs> married for a long time. And, um, I've used it for beans. I've used it for broths. I definitely, I feel like you have to use it for what it's good for Mm -hmm. to be happy with it. And I feel like what it's really good for is this idea that you could put something up before you go to sleep and it's ready when you wake up or you can put it up before you go to work and yep. then you come home and it's cooked. It's great for stews. It's great for broths. It's it's great for food that you want to be soft. Right. I know you can make cheesecake in it. It's never, ever occurred yeah. to me. Um, I feel like the Instant Pot, these electric pressure cookers, because there are a lot of brands making them, is similar in that it's about how you use it. So I decided I wanted to make my black bean soup, which was originally a Bon Appetit recipe. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and it was for a slow cooker, but it's from way back. And I decided I wanted to try it in the Instant Pot because it uses dried beans, which is really great. And I was able to do it in 30 minutes. I definitely would not be able to decide at 4.30 or 5 yes, o'clock. that we're having beans for dinner. Yeah, that we're yeah. having black bean soup from scratch for dinner. So it completely worked, and it was great. So I feel like use it for what it's good for, and you'll be so glad yeah. you have it. I bought it because it was Prime Day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> this is our new national holiday. Yeah. Right, Prime Day. <laughs> I just, it's just suddenly a good idea, the number one seller. Um, so I bought it because it was Prime Day. And also because I feel like at this point, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to develop too many slow cooker recipes if everyone's really excited about their purchase. Right. I should at least give it a try when I have time and I'll have some idea at least of how to guide people when they have right. a question about it. Like now I can tell right. you how long it takes to cook beans in a soup. Now I can tell you. And you can convert some of your older recipes to this and then kind of update them that way. And something I get away with that probably a lot of publications don't is I can say, I haven't fully tested this, but based on other recipes, I'm pretty sure you can do this one in 45 minutes on high with a manual release kind of thing. Um, And people will forgive me because I'm not giving them 100% confidence. And do they also let you know when it doesn't work? 
yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I want to, though, because it's right. going to, I feel like um, nobody likes to hear criticism. I mean, I, too, like, I, I, I did not do that. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like it's a, a valuable, um, like, pile of information that I get to use to help teach me better things yeah, help, help, help me learn about cooking and it, that's something I get to do that not everybody yeah that's one hands. of the things about comments and social media being part of one of the ways that we talk to our readers all the time that I love the most because they, people take pictures of what they make mm-hmm. and they tag us and we look at it and it's it's like when it's when they're when they're psyched like I'm I'm super psyched um and that's something that you know in the past was really hard to get that kind of direct reader feedback. Mm -hmm. When people are mean, it's another story and it makes you feel terrible, but you kind of need to read all the comments to get to, to get the full picture. I also feel like often it's like there's 90% really nice comments or 99%. And then there's like, like everybody, we remember the one negative one because we're like, that's the one we keep with us, but it's almost unfair to all the polite ones. Um, but it, but I find a lot of the feedback useful. I mean, especially like one of those things where what the cake didn't sink for me. Right. But this is like three or four people it happened for. It, right. It is a problem. It's not just three or four people, you know. And when the, there's when something like that comes up, where there is a problem, and you know because you get a mm-hmm. certain volume of consistent reactions, mm-hmm. do you? remake it do retest and like do updates like how do you handle stuff like that I'm sure it's rare but (laughs) it happens um I I think in an ideal world I'd go right back into the kitchen and make it again in general I'm like working on five other things at once and it doesn't necessarily happen what I will often do is I will put it in the head notes I will say I just want to warn you that some people are experiencing sinking nobody has said it compromised the texture the cake is still great in general I might reduce sinking I'm probably probably this is too much baking soda in it Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this now as soon as I get a chance I'm going to test it out if you want to make this today and you're really concerned about sinking maybe try using two-thirds of the baking soda I I do that a lot and you Um, don't have anybody with you in the kitchen to kind of go like hey I'm working on five other things right now, including mm-hmm. 100 new recipes for this book in mm-hmm. addition to the, everything else, which I don't even know how you did. Can you can you tweak, you know, can you make this one more time and let's look at it and see? Do you have, do you have I don't, that? I don't have any. It's still just me. Right. It's me and then, like, the people who help coordinate, like, the book tour schedule, and that's it. But they work for the publisher. Um, right. So that's not, this is where I'm not like an ideal person to learn how to be a grown up from because I still haven't <laughs> figured out how to outsource a lot of stuff. I did work with professional recipe testers for both books. I would really like to bring that in for the site too. Cause this is like, I don't need to make this cake again. I right. just need to know what and happens. And in fact, when someone else making it who hasn't made it is, is it's better. It's really useful. Yeah. So um, that's definitely something I have to work Interesting. on. And um, the recipe testing experience you was good it for was you? It was good. I think would be even awesomer if the person happened to live next door and right. I could physically taste and see that yes. something really nice you have here. People would send me pictures. Um, every so often, it, you know, I would make sure the person lived in New York City and right. so I could get it from them. But sometimes the best recipe tester for your for the job you have is not and right. so this time I actually worked with two people in Vermont so I didn't um, want to make people nervous about it <laughs> but um, but they were extremely good at their jobs yeah. and that's why I just felt like there was this airtight confidence to the work they did interesting um, I want to talk about the internet a little bit because we talked about 
the instant pot under the kind of umbrella of there haven't been that many changes in mm-hmm. our kitchens that have really changed the way we cook. But I think that that might be true for gear, like the mm-hmm. ones that really matter. Um, but I feel like the internet in general is like something that is changing not only how we get information, but how we get food into our houses. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it changed your idea of what's a fussy ingredient or an unfussy ingredient based on what you can get online? I think that's a, that's a really interesting point because I always am trying to just, I don't want to make people go to a specialty store. I know I live in New York City and I can get anything and then some, but that doesn't really help other people. But these days, like, I'll go on... Um, Prime. We're talking yeah, Prime. Yeah, I know, I Prime. know. I'm like, I hate to be like plugging one store when there's so many out there, but there's so many. If I see it's like a free shipping, heavily stocked item they have from like five different brands, I start to feel a little bit more confident throwing it in. I'll always suggest something you can do if you don't have mm-hmm. it. Um, can you think but, of an ingredient like that that maybe eight years ago you would you would have not thought about putting in a recipe that now it's like, hmm, this is around. I've started using sumac with more confidence. I love sumac. It's like sour paprika. Ex- but if oh, you that's don't a great have it, it's not going to break the dish. Right. It's beautiful in color. It's a really nice finish. It's lovely if you have it. It's very easy to get online, but it's not. Um, it's great if you can get it, but it's not going to. I also feel like spices are such a nice luxury because you can get most bottles of spices for 4 or $5. It's exactly. not a major investment. It'll last a long time. No matter what anyone tells you, I think spices last a long, long, <laughs> lot longer than people think. Um, anyway, um, so you, yeah, it's like a little, little luxury you can yeah. buy for yourself. So it's sort of fun to go online, or if you're in New York City, go to Calusians or Sahadis and pick up a bunch of those new special things. things. Yeah, yeah, you can use them on the least expensive ingredients to bring a new flavor to them. And you said that when you're traveling, you'll go to other grocery stores, which is also one it. of my favorite things to do. And I'm all, all, especially health food stores and bulk bins. Like I get really, that's, oh, it's the best. I um, go to study almost as much as I go to shop. Yeah, I me too. See, like, no, what's I go, your go-to yeah. jam? What's your go-to jam texture? What is this curious take on mayonnaise you guys use for everything? Like what's the, is there ketchup? Is there, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, what's really even, you know, what what's in the produce aisle that we just, for us is, special that mm-hmm. when you're in Colorado they have 12 different kinds of chilies mm-hmm. or, and then and, and they're then, amazing and they're I know they're so good like the idea of finding it like confusing to explain like different kinds of ch- dried chilies but that's like that's sort of more of an east coast thing not that there aren't places that you can get it but without as big of a well then you kind of just realize like oh this is my normal even if I go to a stop and shop as opposed to a uh, you know a more specialty mm-hmm. store what I think is there is just what I think is there. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you have confidence in, because you obviously the audience is so broad and, mm. and huge to f- pick those things that, that will resonate with people. Is it based on how recipes perform or feedback or like, how do you, how do you know? Sometimes it's a little bit of feedback. Sometimes it's requests that I've gotten from a lot of times, but um, sometimes it's like you're at a restaurant and you like, take a picture of something and people are like oh my god you have to do your own take on that and you hear a lot of that but a lot of it's just gut and cravings and for me that's how I've stayed interested all these years mm-hmm. is that it's a very selfish enterprise like I want to learn how to make this and therefore I'm going to make it I mean it helps that maybe my tastes aren't too out there with mm-hmm. cooking like I I love to pull things from different places I've been but I generally want to bring it down to a recipe that's very usable right. from accessible ingredients and so 
I think that helps. But in general, um, just making what I want to make a lot of times right. um, helps me want to keep cooking. Right. You um, did have tahini. I wrote it down. Oh, that was another one. I there probably was like didn't t- use it as much. A tahini babka? No, it was a tahini brownie, something like I that. I did a chocolate tahini challah bun recently. Yes, and that the challah bun. I've always loved tahini. Actually, it's very divisive. Like people, not even getting it as much as, I feel like nowadays it's at every health food store, probably has been for a while. But um, a lot of people just don't like the taste of it. But Well, I really when you eat it on its own, it's, it's bitter. A, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, really it's very aggressive. Yeah. Um, and un, if it's unfamiliar, it's like, ugh. You but know. when you have it with lemon juice and right. a little bit of garlic and salt, it's like the most delicious dressing for roasted vegetables. Right. And is that an ingredient that you feel is one of those that six years ago people would be like, really? I feel like that's definitely changed and it's gotten more accessible. We could probably thank Adelangi for it. Probably. Maybe Bread's Bakery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot more. I'm trying to think of another example. Definitely the de- the variety of dried chilies. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just spices in general. Yeah, I feel we like have these long conversations about this stuff here. Nigella seeds are something that seemed really, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, somebody's going to listen to this and say that's not an obscure ingredient. And it isn't everywhere. Oh, but that's definitely an ingredient that we would have like several long conversations <laughs> about whether it was okay or not okay to have. And then you would ask yourself, and then it kind of pushes you towards recipes where it, it hinges on that to make it worthwhile mm-hmm. rather than just losing people on a garnish, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah. And knowing when it's worth it to say, like, look, you might not have cooked with this before. Like, you can't make the tahini hollow buns without the tahini. <laughs> but, like, you should. Um, and having the confidence to tell someone to go go into the international aisle and look for an item that was there the whole time, but they just weren't looking for it. I agree. Yeah. What else? Kimchi. Kimchi, oh my god, mm, getting hungry now. Um, <laughs> so like dried seaweed, like the mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Kombu and like or the sheets. Fish sauce, fish which sauce. is like again, it's not obscure for right. most of the world, but it's just one of these things that I don't think people are cooking with it as regularly. Yeah, well, um, I think it's also the flavors that we're now having out in the world, and you know, restaurants being less fancy and less fussy and more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, has made it easier to sort of just try different things if you haven't had them before. Um, Pickled ingredients. Yeah. Where that's more just like recipes. I have a gar- I'm going to probably pronounce it wrong. Jardinera? Yeah, Jardinera. Okay, I always say Jardinera. Yeah. That's, this I had nachos the, with Jardinera on it yesterday. This is one of these things that <laughs> when you read f- about food without talking about food as mm-hmm. much. This is, this is a website <laughs> problem. Anyway, um, but uh, that was, I have a recipe on my site from very early on, but I think most people didn't make it. But now I feel like you see minced gar- Jardinera totally. in, in, in salad dressings, yeah. like on sandwiches. Yeah. Like I had can. one yesterday on nachos. I'm not even kidding. It's really good. It was kind of weird, but it was good. I was into it. It didn't make them wet, I guess. Um, no. <laughs> when I had the nachos, they were cold, so I can't really. Um, I can't really say. Let, not, let, let none of us pretend we would not eat cold nachos. <laughs> right. Totally. All right. Do you have? Um, well, God, I have so many questions. Okay. Well, I'm really going to put myself on the line with this next question. But again, it's something we talk about all the time. And I really want to know from your perspective, home cook, expert, extraordinaire, rock star, <laughs> what do, Sorry. and you've cooked from a lot of, a lot of cookbooks, mm-hmm. magazines, other bloggers, mm-hmm. websites. What do you think that magazine publications like Bon Appetit get wrong about home cooks? Like what, 
Interesting. Yeah. What do we not we all get do it? it? We all act like we're going to a party at 5.30 p.m. instead of making dinner. I mean, we want to. But I think it's okay because it's, it's okay to be a little bit aspirational. But we all act. We're like, and then we're going to throw this together and have some friends over and pour some drinks. And it's like, come on. <laughs> like, we're going to come home. We're going to be tired. We're going to take off our shoes. And we're going to be so glad that maybe we threw some chicken into the Instapot mm-hmm. you know, a little while ago or that somebody did. That's not every day. But um, I do feel like there's a little bit of a lift in everything that we all publish. Um because it's about what we would like it to be. Right. And it's not bad. So convincing ourselves that someone will do this thing that we came up with and want them to do. Perhaps. Or sometimes we paint a picture. Sometimes it goes too far and you lose people, but I do feel like we all tend to paint a more upbeat picture mm-hmm. um, than day to day life necessarily is. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's just because we're generally looking for a change. That's why you open the magazine. That's right. why you're hoping for something different. And sometimes I'll be like, this sounds a little silly, but we do actually try to have people over a lot because I like the mix, but it's not so formal. I mean, we, we don't have space to be formal. Right. Um, so, but, you know, but here's the something we did with this soup. We made it like sort of taco style, and then we decided to throw in this because somebody else was coming over. And I feel like it really helps for people to have a very simple idea and then show how you built it into something bigger. Mm. And then kind of, I like... I'm really fix it and like how to turn really basic food into like a dinner party mm-hmm. is definitely something I like. I know most of us aren't having dinner parties once a week, but I like that idea of building it into something more festive. That's very cool. Even if I know that's not how most of us cook every day. Well, it's sort of like taking something um, ordinary or, you know, not high cuisine, something like a pozole mm-hmm. or chili or you know whatever and then building it out in a special way where the toppings get really cool or the way that it's presented yeah because especially with entertaining you don't want to be that person who's like stressed out and exhausted and like resent resents all the decisions that like like going to a dinner party and not even enjoying it would be like what's what's even I'm also stuck oh this is something I saw on Instagram last year but I remember (laughs) it's this food writer and she did um she did like a French onion soup for a crowd. She Ooh. did it like in this giant casserole style. And you would just, it looked incredible with the salad on the side. I'm like, my God, I have never thought about doing French onion soup for a party. Totally. But how much does everyone love it? Yeah. It's like when I make roast chicken for entertaining, sometimes mm-hmm. my husband will be like, you can't make roast chicken. I mean, yes, roast chicken is roast chicken. I'm like, you know chicken. what? No one ever got mad at a good roast chicken. No. And people do get into it. They totally do. Um... What is so as far as trend goes, right? With the this the, this whole internet thing, it's really <laughs> given birth to some weird um, trends. So, and you said just now that you open up magazines to like, that's why we open them to look at something, to look at something new or to get a new idea about what to cook. Do people want the something new most of the time, or do people want? A thing that they know they love, but p- the perfect version, which is, it sounds like that was part of your inspiration as well. I think people want a little bit of both. I think yeah. it's good to mention things that are new, but not to reinvent yourself around it. We're not going to see mermaid toast on your on I'm your site? I'm probably not going to do mermaid toast. Did you do I, a cronut? I did not do a cronut because it's like, it doesn't make sense right. for me to do at home. You're going to make croissants or just a deep fry. You just lost people twice, right. not once. Right. <laughs> um, but I also just feel like there is a lot of things that are really good. Like I also haven't made sushi, but that's because I can get such good sushi. But you made a sushi cob. I, I did. I saw your sushi I cob. I did. I love that salad so much. It's that, it's that dressing, which is like 
the carrot it's ginger. It's just like you could just drink it. It's totally. so good. And I basically just wanted to make an like how can I make this salad dressing the centerpiece of a dish? <laughs> dip. Um dip. Exactly. <laughs> let's just put it like what are all the things that it tastes good on and let's let's build it around that. Deb, I've gotten a couple of uh, side eye looks from Emma. So okay. our time is running out. This is when we go into the speed round. There's no wrong answers except um, when other people will tell you that you were wrong. <laughs> but you should just, you know. Nobody inside this room will have a That's right. And like everything notes. else that you do, just go with the gut. Okay. okay. We're go with the gut. All right. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's, let's start. We'll start. We'll start easy. Scrambled or fried? Fried. Bagel with cream cheese or bacon, egg, and cheese? Bagel with cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Brownie or chocolate chip cookie? Brownie. Wow. Favorite cookie? Um, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, you're making me. I love those Russian tea cakes, those buttery cookies with the ground toasted nuts Ooh. in them. Um, I, I love them. They just taste. I, That's I your like, favorite I like, cookie. I like grandma cookies. Okay, grandma cookies. Oatmeal or granola? Oatmeal. Bunt or spring form? Bunt. Yeah. I feel like a bunt has more potential. But it causes more headaches because things I get know. stuck in and them. And then you're like, there's nothing worse when the crown of your cake is in the top of it the pan. It is always. It is it's just, ganache. It's just ganache. You just pour ganache. <laughs> <laughs> right. Scrape it on. It's supposed to be like that. Uh, Julia Child or Marcella Hazan? Julia Child. My mom, I read, I, re- I read or heard th- that you said your mom taught herself to cook through Julia Child. She did. And so did mine. And I never had a reason to learn how to cook until I left the house because I was like, "This is how a, I yeah, think a lot it was of us like have this been that e- way. this whole eating thing is going great." I love, I love her story. I love yeah. her personality. And honestly, the recipes are a little fussy, but they all work. They, they they're really worth, work. They're worth it. Uh, your last cooking fail. Oh my God! It's been like what forty-eight hours. Oh, I tried <laughs> to pop quinoa. Mm. I tried to pop. I had all these old grains, and I tried to pop quinoa. And I this is a seed, not a grain. I tried to pop millet. It smelled awful in my apartment. It yeah. burned so badly. Sorghum will pop. Okay. Yeah. I just you know I went on the internet, and the internet yeah. told me I could do it, so I believed it. See, <laughs> it's like I'm new here. <laughs> this is the dark web. It made it look so easy. Um, Landa Lakes or Kate's. Ooh, ah, you know, for recipe testing and everything else, it's Lando Lakes, Lando Lakes. or some sort of store brand butter. I, I don't go fancy with testing. Yeah, I grew up. Do, on what Lando do I want to eat? Right? Yeah, no, I'd like, I'd like the, I'd like, um, you know, from France in the little paper packets, please. Okay, <laughs> with the salt, sea salt. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> ask. Salted or sweet? Um, where do you shop? Groceries. Mm-hmm. I go to Westside Market. Westside Market. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. It, I've got one by my apartment. That's that's basically why. Um, peanut butter or tahini? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Yeah, me too. Uh, white wine vin or red wine vin? White wine vin. Cider vin or rice vin? Cider. And then butter or olive oil? What kind of question is that? I know. <laughs> Obviously butter. <laughs> uh, pasta yet- or rice? Pasta. Hmm. Fascinating. I'm very, I'm like, is this true? It depends on the day of the week. Right. <laughs> Yesterday I wanted rice instead of pasta. Books, my... books or magazines? Books. And would you... Oh, sh- <laughs> I 
think I'm never getting invited back. No. Are you kidding? We publish books too. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, Deb. You can go now. Um, and if you had to choose your uh, social media platform, Twitter or Instagram. I love Instagram, but I read Twitter all day, but not about food. Not I read, about I read, food. I read, I read other Twitter. I, I feel read, like Twitter's for people. being angry and Instagram is for having fun. I get a lot more information from Twitter than I do from anything else. Following the news, following it's the people amazing. who work in newsrooms, I feel like you get everything first. It's and, incredible. Um, but I love Instagram. Me too. I know it's a little edited. Start your day it. with Twitter and end it with Instagram. If you go the other way, you're yeah. going to have a terrible <laughs> night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Anytime. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and produced and edited by Emma Wartsman. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Gradies with additional music by Nathaniel Wartsman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>